Welcome everybody to the Spawn of Me Podcast. I'm your host, Colleen Adams. This is show number 103. I'm joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, that man from C2E2, Cicero Holmes. How are you, sir? One, two, three. The episode is 103. I just rhyme three with three because I am me. I-O. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Proswell is rolling over in yeah. his non-green yeah. right now. Yeah. I obviously old school rappers all over contacted you after last episode and are and, yes. and are begging you to do interpretations of uh of their songs. So I I understand, man. I'm Absolutely. I'm not mad at you. Not mad at you. If you Thank never want to hear uh, Cicero rap again, go to change.org and start your petition. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or become a Patreon subscriber. Uh, exactly. That all goes exactly. towards Cicero not rapping. That would be a great tier for us to, to add. We can we can start that tier. Jesus <laughs> Christmas. And we and we also have the other man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, that dude who makes gaming looks good. We have Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you, sir? I'm good, but unfortunately my uh, immune system has gone rogue and keeps taking all my dark zone health health funds. <laughs> uh, and I'm in full post conference bug sickness, whatever you want to call it, mode, so so my week has been a little rough, um, but, uh, you know, I'm hanging. We're going to get you some Phoenix credits and make you give you some Zycam so for some, for some Phoenix credits. Oh, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know I could buy Los Dogas with Phoenix credits. Yes. Is there a, it's Endgame Actually, stuff. That, that's a good point. I haven't seen one Dwayne Reed in the division yet. So no, I feel like they should, <laughs> but the, they so really the, needed well, to get that sponsorship. Well, Okay, I'm sorry. Right. They well there so there is the one that actually exists across the street from the garden. Mm-hmm. There is generic uh multi-purpose convenience like store in there. And there are a couple of places where you can go and you have to like rescue hostages and if you look and you you notice them, they are drug stores. I think like where I think, you get the key. I think one of the biggest things that they missed as a, as a possible sponsorship was JanSport. They have all the backpacks. Back and backpacks. They have no JanSport. That is super disappointing. Super disappointing. Yeah. Well, like I feel like they didn't want your backpack to break after a semester of a uh, school. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because like that'd be a really sad game in the division with 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 like one strap, a bunch of agents just strap. <laughs> you one strap. You just run around. You yeah. got to keep running and holding. It. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I was I was tweeting online. I was like. They missed out on Jansport, and they didn't put Wyclef's Bubble Goose in there. They wish they should have. Ah, uh, yes. They should have totally yes. put that in there as a, as a side quest. Get the Bubble Goose with the bullets <laughs> the in Bubble it. Goose. Um, so, so, yeah, we had a crazy week, uh, all of us involved. Thank you for everyone who listened to last week's show with our interview packet and yes. packages. Uh, that was a lot of fun to do and to put together. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of um, kind of running around at, bo- at both respective shows at GDC and at C2E2. And a lot of folks liked it. A lot of folks dug it. So thank you, everybody, too, uh, for, for listening to all that goodness that we dropped on you last week. Um, and this week, we're kind of going to go into the fuller per, uh, retrospective on what we did uh, during those weeks or last week. Gosh, I mean, no, two weeks ago. Jeez, it's so, it's so far gone. Yeah. Time is flying by. Yesterday. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So yesterday, <laughs> right? Um, and um, 
it was a crazy it was a crazy uh, couple of days, a week or so that we had to run around and, and bust ass. Um, I guess you know what? Let's start off with um, Cicero because I think I think when I was listening to the pieces that you put together, you had a really kind of um, uh, cornucopia, I should say, of content that you that you provided for Bricago. Well said, well said, sir. Well, you know, well said. I, you know, yeah. it was it was like a lot of this and a lot of that, which I think was really cool, uh, and it was really fun. It was great to kind of like not hear the content and then put the show together and then hear all the stuff that you got. So, you know, go over a little bit of, you know, how, how the show was for you and, and, and what your experiences were with uh, C2E2 this year. Uh, so first and foremost, I want to say a uh, shout out and thank you to Read Pop, um, who put on yet again a fantastic show in Chicago. Um, this year's C2E2 was hands down the best one that I'd ever um, attended. And on top of that, one of the things that I really, really loved about this year's show was the amount of cosplay. Cosplay is always a big part of all cons, you know, especially comic book conventions. Um, But this year's con had some fantastic cosplay. And not only did it have fantastic cosplay, there were lots of people of color. There were lots of marginalized people out there doing cosplay uh there was uh a lot of cross-gender cosplay uh and if you guys follow me on twitter you'll you would have seen a bunch of it on there uh, I, I actually and you know what you guys can take a look at my instagram as well and there'll be some some up there as well um that, so really really fantastic cosplay and and then uh just the amount of people that I was able to see, uh, some some old friends, some new friends. And the the thing that was most important to me was, uh, yeah, I got to speak to a lot of comic book artists, um, but, um, you know, people aren't just the thing that they do. People are multifaceted. So uh, you, as you guys heard, a lot of the artists that I was speaking to were video game players and then some of the artists that I was speaking to also are doing things in the gaming space. So, you know, like Karan Grant, who's got this thing going on with Oculus mm-hmm. uh, that I think is going to be, I mean, it just sounds fascinating where if you guys didn't hear it, it is uh, an animated version of his art that they're building the story out of that will exist within the world of the Oculus, within the world of the Rift. So you put your the Rift glasses on and you're in the animation and you interact with things and your experience is going to be completely different than, and, than anyone else's um, because you experience things at a different way and a different level than anyone else. And while it is not technically a game, it really does sound like it is a game. Uh, so that's uh, that's amazing. And then uh, Sanford Sanford Green, who is working on the uh, the Power Man and Iron Fist, the new run of Power Man and Iron Fist, also has an animation studio who uh, is going to be they're working with with Gearbox to do something with their new project. So I'm really excited to see what that's going to be. And, uh, 
you know, shout out to my frat who also turns out to maybe family to me, uh, Sanford Green. And, and then, of course, David Walker, who's writing that book. Both of these uh, people are, are men of color that have been in the industry for a really, really long time. They're doing amazing things. And then uh, finally, I'm really I'm also very, very excited about uh, hashtag who killed Heather, mm. which is going to be a uh, YouTube series that's only about five or seven minutes long each episode, but it's going to be this interactive whodunit mystery on YouTube that everyone is going to be able to interact with both uh, the show itself and the characters that are on the show, the actors that are on the show, where you'll be able to uh, uh, contact them via social media to to get clues so that maybe you can figure out exactly what's going on uh, within the show. So think serial, think lost, um, you know, think all sorts of different things where, where there's a level of interactivity where you will sit around and potentially talk with friends to try and figure out who killed Heather. Uh, so all of those things um, got me really, really excited, and I was excited to bring it to you. I really loved the, the the Who Killed Heather stuff that you did because it has this kind of, you know, we talked a little bit about Quantum Break and how they were going to kind of right. integrate all these different outside of the game things with the game that they were going to be doing. And now this feels like a little bit, like you said, serial with a little bit of an ARG with a little bit right. of all these other kinds of kinds of things mashed together, which is which is pretty dope. Like I, I, yeah. I, I kind of love to see people going outside the box the way that they have been, yeah. and and thinking about the kind of content that they want to provide in these ways. So, so that that stuff was especially good. I really, I really dug all that stuff. That was real fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wanna, I wanna shout out um, some people that we didn't talk to, um, but but are are people that I've spoken to in the past. Um, shout out to Yatasha Womack, who is doing uh, some film stuff this summer. Uh, she's got two books out, Rayla 2212 and Rayla 2213. Uh, make sure you guys go and check those out. Really, really good about Afro- Afrofuturism. Um, amazing books. Um, my, our homeboys, Bricago residents, Kari Randolph and mm. Amelia Lopez, um, they're just finishing up their run on DC's We Are Robin. Um, those are the really, really dope cats. And, uh, you know, if you guys aren't paying attention to what they're doing, um, you know, shame on you and, and make sure you check out the throwdown uh, at the coalition where Emilio is the co-host with our boy Tony Polanco because he's always angry. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Polanco, and, uh, and then also, also, um, shout out to uh, the women of color who who put out uh, another panel this this year. Uh, Mickey Kendall and and all those people uh, that were over there. Oh, also, uh, shout out to J P Fairfield who I was hanging out with um, while while I was at C two E two. What um, you got to see J P? What? Yeah, I so ironically enough, I saw J P. And Sharif in the same day. It's amazing. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. Damn, I haven't um, gotten to for, meet JP yet. I'm sad. Yeah. For those for those of you who uh don't know who JP Fairfield is, uh that means you're not listening to uh Sharif Jackson's Operation Cubicle podcast. Word. And shame on you for that. She is his co host 
on Operation Cubicle and also one of the co-hosts on Nergasm the War Network. Uh, make sure you guys can go and check those out. I'm full of plugs today. No, yeah, you're full great. of mother effing plugs. <laughs> what was the kind of? I know you said that this was like your favorite C2E2 yeah. so far. Mm-hmm. Was it? What was the? What was the highlight of the show for you? It was. It was definitely the cosplay. I mean, it, definitely the cosplay. Um, just there were amazing costumes. There were. There was one person who was. I don't know which Wookie this is, but he was the the Wookie with kind of like he had like the French braids. Um, <laughs> what? But but yeah, like again, if you guys check me out on Twitter, you you'll be able to see him. Go on Instagram, you'll be able to see him. But he was seriously like. Eight and a half, nine feet tall. Like, I don't know. I don't know what. So was a real rookie over there. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Basically, okay. and uh, and yeah, and then um, there was a uh, um, uh, what do they call the the snow bear from from Empire? Uh, the Wampas. Yes. It was a Wampa that was also like nine feet tall. Um, and I got a picture of that. There was a lot of Star Wars cosplay because, you know, Star Wars. Um, there were two Cholo stormtroopers. Oh, one, wow. was, one was dressed with one had uh, it was, you know, full stormtrooper gear, but had a one had a blue bandana on with a blue flannel. <laughs> wow. The other one had a red bandana on with a red flannel and went and and was speaking. And when he spoke, he was like, oh, move along, Holmes. Move along, Holmes. It was was either amazing or incredibly racist. I'm not sure which, (laughs) but but I really, I really, really loved it. Um, Yeah, and again, there was just there was incredible, incredible cosplay. People really, really went um, full in. You know, went to went to town, and they didn't. You know, they did not disappoint. Um, Again, uh, shout out to Reed Pop. You guys put on a great, great show. Um, yeah. So. Shout out to Repop because Repop is doing, they, I mean, they've been doing some stuff for a long time with C2E2 and, and San Diego Comic-Con and, and New York Comic-Con. So they are, they are running the, the, the kind of roost when it comes to comic book uh, content and stuff like that. So I think they even did Wizard World when I, uh, Wizard World and um, the stuff that they, I went to in Portland, too. So shout right, out to Repop. Right, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to them. They 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 do a great job at uh, Wizard World out. is run by Wizard, by the way. Oh, okay. So, My bad. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Wrong folks. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, Pop does uh San Diego Comic Con and and NYCC. Oh, okay. Dope. So if uh I know we can't get into the San Diego Comic Con, but if uh Repop you want to get us into NYCC, I'm all about that. Why can't we get into San Diego Comic Con? You gotta shoot high, baby. Right, I'm not going to San Diego and yes, LA. Whatever. Yes, you are. Anyway, you're our, right, well, you're our Negro Comic-Con correspondent. You need to go. Right. <laughs> you're like, hi, I'm black and I'm on the floor. Here we go. Right. Yes. Yeah. So um, while you were running around and uh, banging out all that stuff in, in Chicago, hanging out with all the dope folks in, uh, you know, Pippi Longwookie, hanging out, <laughs> we, were, we were in San Francisco, uh, Reef and I, uh, handling some business over at GDC. Um, and it was a phenomenal show. I think, you know, the week that we had, you know, was pretty busy, but it was also really fun because we got to see so many dope people. Reef, you want you want to kind of get into it a little bit? Yeah. I mean, um, as you said, it was a lot of fun. I think a big part of why it was was just you're surrounded by 
all these people that are real passionate about the industry, really passionate about like their work and just they get a chance to just interact and basically it's a it's a bit of a love fest, which I think is pretty cool, especially given the, you know, reputation for the industry being very cynical. Um, I felt like, you know, it reminded me of a lot of IT teams that I've been a part of where a lot of the folks that do the nuts and bolts don't necessarily all get to interact with each other. And when they do, mm-hmm. they're all like super excited, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that there's someone else that does the same crazy shit schedule of like programming that like I do at another company, you know? So, so, um, mm-hmm. I really felt that a uh, positivity. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just a really good time. Um, I know that I did, um, a bunch of interviews with some really great, um, indie folks. So I wanted to give a, a shout out to, uh, bedtime games. Um, I played their game, figment which is a really cool kind of like zelda-esque kind of like um actually actually it was uh, less like zelda and it was more like um oh i can't remember the, the name of the game where like you control it with a paintbrush um but but um paper mario no, not paper mario o- okami? yes yes okami. yes um o- okami mario um yeah, yeah. um yeah yeah it was you, you know you know they you know the they were smart in 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 that they didn't get any uh, conference space. I went over to like the Marriott. They they had a room and we set up and and we played through it. Really really fun. Um, they answered all the questions that like I had. It was like great. Um, um, also shout out to um, Good Mood Creators in their game Mikazu. I think it's Mekazu or like Mikazu. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, but um, I know that that was also a part of the uh, of the IGN mix that that, that we participated in. Um, really cool two D platformer where you basically can switch between different animals on the fly, and, and they all have, have like different powers. So like I can be like a uh, wallaby and like and like have these like really high jumps, and then like in like midair I can switch to like. A frog and i use my tongue to like attach to like a platform um so um i really enjoyed the uh platforming aspects of that um one thing that that was um that was really similar between these two games and i think most of the games at at, at the conference is that like the art style is just incredibly beautiful and and, mm. and these are coming from teams that usually the same person that's doing the art is doing like the other stuff too. So like, so like they all don't have completely dedicated artists, but man, they all look really, really good, you know? Um, yeah. So like, I think that like one thing that like the conference really showed me is that, you know, um, the tools that are available now for uh, small teams to make good looking games are really, really advanced. Mm. You know, um, and that and that gives me hope for a lot of like the, of like the younger devs out there, um, or or like people that like might be working in like a triple A and just might want to bounce. You know that like there are tools out there that you can have games that look really really good and like don't don't like automatically scream like hey like this is a low budget you know uh, blah right. blah 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 game. Right. Well, the Crytek engine is free now, so. Um, you know, there's, and then, and then Amazon's engine, 
uh, which what is it called? Firewood or firewood? Lumber yard. It's it's wood. It's wood. Jesus. You know. Um, <laughs> Next, you're gonna start singing the log song from Ren and Stimpy. Right. Um. But you know, I mean, that is basically a forked version of the Cry Engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and the cry engine was until unreal four was the engine that, that was like the benchmark in terms of animation and, uh, and, and, you know, procedurally generated physics and what have you. So, um, the fact that you're able to use that engine now for free, um, is, is really incredible. Yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of um, you get a feeling when you sit in some of the kind of more techie uh, conferences and panels, just how far the technology has gone. You know, we've seen, you know, devs talk about from the indie side, how the tools are are getting better and stuff that you talked about, Reef, with the kind of art getting getting really good where you don't you can kind of see where the line is blurring between indie and AAA in a lot of spaces because people have the tools to make some dope stuff. Yeah. but it's but it's been you know really interesting to just hear them talk about you know how good things are getting for them to kind of be able to use some of this stuff and have it available to them in ways they never really had before. So that that stuff is really that stuff is really cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of of course I did a lot of VR, um, but there's two specifically that I want to uh, talk about because they're definitely highlights that I didn't get to talk about them on the interviews that I had on the last show. Um, one was um, Earthlight by um, Opaque Multimedia. Uh, this was a game that I was probably the most excited to go see um, because, like, this is a game where you're basically like an astronaut in like in like space. You're exploring the International Space Station, and they actually consulted with NASA to help design this game. So it's really realistic. Um, Dope. Like Dope. they have the like actual blueprints for the space station and the suits and they built them in game basically um and uh they mentioned that like nasa also might be looking looking to help them maybe design versions of this game for them to use internally you know for for, uh, simulations and stuff so so yeah it was really really cool i mean it felt incredible um and um it was also my first time using the um htc vive um, which definitely okay. holds up to the Oculus. I I think, I think they're both definitely def, definitely the same level of uh, quality. Um, so so nice. um, so I was like really impressed by um, that um, because I think I'd really only used the um, the Oculus was like the only sort of upper tier like VR that like I had used in the past and like and like this one is definitely definitely up there. Um, the, the other VR thing, which, which probably, you know, I'm not as excited about it as like Earthlight, but it's like, but, but it's like definitely the most technically impressive is, um, Project Alice by, uh, Notomi. Um, Mm -hmm. they basically had a whole, um, not only a, uh, VR thing, but like they had a whole scene where, where they had physical objects on the ground like say a garbage can and then you could use um a uh, sensor which like they had actually connected to like a Wiimote that would let you create virtual things but you could put them in this physical thing that you're holding so what so like i could fill up a garbage can that i was holding that i could see in the virtual world 
with fake stuff. So it was <laughs> it was AR in a virtual world? Yes. That that's actually I think wow. it's right for them actually because they didn't say that, but that's exactly what it was. <laughs> um and, and yeah, it was really, really impressive. And like they um put you in like all these different scenes, like, oh I'm in space, I'm in a room, I'm I'm outside and like and like you just pick up stuff from the ground and like and, and like manipulate it along with fake things that you were just creating out of thin air. It was really impressive. Um That's amazing. And like it it was like easy the most kind of like technically impressive thing um that that um I saw there. Um I won't go into the stuff that I covered um on the interview and I know that Ka will talk a little more about like the IGN stuff and the uh, GameSpot stuff, but um, yeah, I I I had a great time. I usually love meeting with these with with the uh, smaller teams. Um, I feel like I had a real sense of you know where people saw the industry, especially on the VR sense, kind of where it's going. And I feel like people were excited about it. I was a little worried that most people would kind of think. Oh, you know, this is a fad that sort of the marketers want us to push and that the executives are excited about. But, like, we're not really, you know, that jazzed about making stuff for something that might not exist um, on a mainstream level. Um, but I kind of felt some excitement about it. Um, so, so yeah, I was I, – I had a good time. I uh, Before before you go into it, Kai, I just want to say that I, I would have felt differently about uh, the VR stuff uh, from a technical side. Because I think that where you see a lot of the skepticism on on virtual reality and augmented reality is on the consumer end. And, you know, the people, I don't want to buy peripherals. I don't understand what it means. But but the the developers are the nerds. They're the techies. They're the guys that really want to be able to play with crazy tools and and do all sorts of really funky stuff to uh you know to to kind of innovate and and i mean it just doesn't get any more innovative than than being able to to work with a brand new technology that actually works like like vr does um so i would agree with you but the but the feeling that i got from this and even before this is that for you know a significant amount of developers i did definitely won't say all but for like a for like a lot of them um you know they just don't want to just make stuff in a vacuum they want to see their stuff on the shelves and like uh selling and like people actually using it because that helps their resume and that helps them right to i get stuff so like if like they develop a bunch of like cool stuff that doesn't have the appeal that they're really pushing with like psvr and uh facebook buying buying oculus then I think right. that even though yes, it is cool to fiddle around with it, I think that they also want the like circle to be closed and like say, hey, I contributed to something that became a worldwide like success kind of thing, you know? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was it was interesting to kind of peek in and, and eavesdrop on some conversations around uh, VR developers during the week because unlike a lot of different, I mean, and you know that you know devs kind of talk. You know what I mean? Like they they don't 
they don't necessarily work in a bubble, especially when they're at GDC, because that's what you go there for, to kind of talk with other developers and see how they're doing what they're doing. But the VR space right. was really interesting because there were a lot of folks who were just like super open about like, this is exactly what we're doing. Are you having this kind of problem with your with your, um, with your your game or with your project or anything like that? We have figured out a way to make that work and here's how to do it, which has right. been real cool, which was like something I didn't expect, but it's also really fun to know that people are in that one community in this subset really talking about making it dope for us you know what i mean as the consumers they're really trying to make it work for the things that you said reef but also because the stuff that you said see they definitely want to make sure that the the kind of things are are happening in that space and that it's kind of moving forward in a a real way so that was that was dope that was a lot of fun um so you touched on it a little bit about the ign and GameSpot stuff um first of all I have to give a huge, huge, huge shout out to, to Justin Woodward um, from the mix uh, for getting me involved with that um, and IGN for being so such gracious uh, hosts for their um, for the mix's fifth annual showcase, uh, which was amazing to amazing to co-host. That was crazy and surreal. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Dame Zero out there on Twitter. Check him out. Damon Hatfield. Um it was it was one of those weird things where you're just like, all right, you're going to go do this thing. And you've been talking, thinking about it for a month and some change. And you're like, all right, I'm going to be in front of all these people. And then you get on the stage and you don't freak out. And you're like, oh, shit, I just made it. <laughs> you're like, oh, because, you know, in the, in the previous episode, I was like, I hope I get this right. I hope I don't fuck right. this up. And it's funny because you, your brain just kind of turns on and you, and you start doing it. Plus, they made us feel really comfortable. Uh, you know, we went in there a little bit early and, and hung out for a bit and, and chilled in the studios uh and, and just walked around and kind of took it all in for a minute um and then we got on stage i rocked it and it was, it was a lot of fun got to got to hang out with garnet lee on set yeah, on stage nice. on recording which was crazy and your hat was was uh, magnificent your hat was yes dope. Your i got was dope man i got so much i got so much grief for my hat it was great it was so fun <laughs> it, was, got, it was very portland bro <laughs> it was i tried very i tried <laughs> I tried. I tried to shout out to Will O'Neill again. Uh, I tried. I tried to get my Will O'Neill on and, and and do my thing with rock rock a nice hat while I'm on TV. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, the games that we got to show off were fucking awesome. Yeah, um, they, they were dope. There was some dope stuff in that lot. Those folks, we definitely want to see if we can get them on the show too because they played yeah. they played some st- some really cool stuff. Uh, and it was a lot of fun to kind of see how the inner workings of a big. Uh, studio like IGN, a big a big conglomerate like IGN runs. Yeah. Uh, also, right. shout out to Kirsten. Uh, shout out who to did Kirsten. Every damn thing in the IGN office, aside from like physically be a computer. <laughs> like <laughs> every time I looked around, she was like wiring something or getting something or moving something or like telling somebody to 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 you know what well i won't say what she said to some people but to to, <laughs> to uh prepare them and stuff like she she was she was a superwoman so yeah shout, shout out to to kirsten and to all those people in just any office that just make things happen in the background like she was magnificent yeah it was it, yeah kirsten needs a raise um i said it but it's, it's it was it was crazy to kind of go behind the scenes again and like see how some of that stuff works and then you're just like whoa this is crazy so so again shout out to everybody on that end and well, then well, uh, before before you uh go on the game spot what was your favorite game what was the favorite game that you that you saw at the uh oh man um because 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 it, it was like two weeks ago i'm, I'm blanking right. on stuff but pomelo right. was great uh-huh. Pomelo was awesome because it, it like um, 
it was in that kind of futuristic you're in this in this in this uh big office building and you're right. kind of building a, a base for yourself and, and taking down these not zombies but these kind of infected infected human beings and yeah, it was like yeah, bioshock yeah, yeah. in the future and it was it was a lot it was a lot of fun uh mm-hmm. that was cool there was another one that i can't remember the name of that basically was like four players on screen and the and the, the the board itself yes it was like you. tetris no no, no, no match three one, one. Not that one. I know which one you're talking about. That one. Right. The, the other one that was like you. It was like bumper cars, but inside this one. Like, oh one yes, space. yes, yes. Like kind of like kicks. Yeah, yeah. And with four players. Yeah, that was dope. I will. We'll find out what that is and put it in the show yeah. notes. We'll put most of that stuff in the show notes. But it was. It was that game was. was yeah, awesome I. I too. think the game you might be talking about is Gergamoth. Yes. 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 Where, yes. Uh, that was it. Gergamoth. There, there yes. was lots of slicing and dicing and throwing of weapons. Yes. It was very fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it was the what was the Cyber Ninja game? That one was real dope too. Gosh, we were terrible at this right there. Right. We were yeah. awful. Um, yeah. It was something Zero. I can't remember the name. Coke of that. Zero, but which no, is the, wow? Yeah, which Coke is the new sponsor? Zero. Spawn. I hate you. Yeah, absolutely. Coke Zero. I, Cherry Coke Zero. That's that's uh, for I'm the a win, big fan. I'll, of I'll, I'll look. Zero. I'll look it up before the before the end of the show, and you'll randomly hear me say it. But right. Um, there was a lot of dope stuff that was there, or just in that, uh, just in the IGN showcase alone, the mix showcase alone. Um, right. And then our, our our boy, our new Bricago brethren, uh, huge rapper of the show, Danny O'Dwyer yes. over at Gamespot, blessed us. Danny O'D. Blessed me what up, Danny? to get up on. What up, Danny? Danny has the. Be- I was watching his Overwatch stream the other night. And he has like the best compound cuss word game <laughs> in the game. <laughs> like, it's because he's Irish, man. Like Come his on. ability to make new cuss words fit together. It's like cuss. It's like cuss uh, Jenga. You just fill them in, <laughs> and then you pull another word out, and another, another cuss falls in. And it just fits perfectly. It's fucking dope. <laughs> um, but huge shout out to to him for bringing us on, for listening to the show, and supporting us, and doing all that stuff. Uh, and then we got to go to GameSpot and hang out with him and Matt Lee's uh, Jam Sponge uh, on the set and hang out and meet Mary Kish and, and Eric Tay and all these dope people. And we got to see the folks from Giant Bomb and hang out with Jeff Gersman for a hot second and Brad Shoemaker. And it was phenomenal. Like the, the time that we got to spend uh, doing that particular thing and the feedback we've gotten from it and the listenership that we've gotten from it has been phenomenal. Yes, thank you if you are a, a new listener or if you came on from yes. that because I know that like we we were definitely getting a lot of props for it, so thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty big for us in a lot of ways, um, and you know, it, we had a really good time talking about the show and talking about what we do and and why it's important for diversity to be in the space, and I, and I think I think it came through. Like it's funny how people talk about negativity in the space and negativity on the internet, but I was digging. I, I did the thing you're not supposed to do. I went to the comments of the YouTube video, oh, sweet. <laughs> and honestly. It wasn't that bad. Like right. usually, people are kind of really terrible about stuff like that, but the comments in the in the in the video were not that bad at all. And actually, it was a lot of folks who were like, "Oh shit, two brown people, yo, I'm following," right. <laughs> which was awesome, which was really cool. And it's funny because doing it in retrospect, I was like, for IGN and Gamespot, I think we were probably the only brown people they've had on camera. In a really long time. In a really long time. <laughs> in a really long time. Really which is, which long is time. cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, we want more of that. That's the thing that right. we talked about in the in the piece that we, you know, that's something that we would love to focus on, like right. getting more of us on cam and stuff and like right. at these places. But it was just a lot of fun to have those conversations like real time and, and have people dig it and 
to see how see how good Danny is is interesting in person because you see people who have been groomed and they've been doing it for a while. I think he's been doing it for like four years or so. Right, he's fucking yeah. good. Yeah, he's, he's like he's it, you know he, he's he's good and it's it's. I didn't feel like he was putting on a character for the video either. Like he was exactly how he was when we were walking through the halls of like CBS and just hanging out. And he just knows the stuff, and he he's really good at pacing a conversation. Oh my god! My like god! The way, my like he god. would just he knew how to prevent people from like monopolizing, and like would would just turn to like someone ask him a, a really dope question, bounce that off of somebody else. He's he's a master at that. Like like I was really impressed by uh, how he managed having like giving three people enough space to like talk in an hour. Like it was pretty good. Yeah. It was real. I was. I came away super impressed. Also, the name of that game was Katana Zero. That was the name of that Katana game. Coke Zero. Zero. Uh, so, so shout out to to him and Matt and Matt Lee's is really dope. Like I, I've been following his stuff for a long time, and to get to meet him in person was was really fun because he's 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 amazing. He's awesome. He's very very cool. Um, so that was Gamespot. Again, thank you to everyone who listened and checked that out and and came on to spawn on me from IGN and that. That's dope. Um, right. Oh, and that was it. Was if you guys haven't seen it, it was called the lobby, and yes. it's on YouTube, and it's on Games uh, Gamespot, and uh, IGN has, and it's probably on IGN's uh, YouTube page as well. The uh, the indie indie showcase. Yep. Uh, so if you guys haven't seen those, you can go to either YouTube um, or. Um, or to their respective websites to to check that stuff out. Yep. Uh, or use the Googles and Google uh, IGN and Khalif Adams. Nah, it doesn't work like that. I tried. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh my <laughs> gosh! And I'm the and I'm the egomaniac, you fucker! Wow, wow. motherfucker! You know who runs social media for sport on me? I mean, I'm the one that has like a Google alert set up, but you know, it's cool. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> anyway, anyway, before let's all get vain. Let's get vain on the show. Right, right. Let's get nuts. Now you guys know who the real humble one is. Look, 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 look. I have to keep up with Ice Cube's son. I got to make sure I know right, exactly right. what he's doing at all times. So you're you're so you're so not humble. You can't even like the internet won't even let you let you Google humble bundle. Just what you do. Right. That shit is like this is not for you. Right. Um, the a couple of other quick games that were really dope um, at the at the uh, the mix event. Um, shout out to Micah who made Combat Core, which is like the dopest version of Power Stone uh, that you yeah. that you've seen so far. Um, also, Headlander was fucking amazing from the folks at Adult Swim. I want mm-hmm. that game right now. Yes. If I could get that and buy that now, I totally very would. very good platformer. It was so good. Um, Burly Bennett C was actually really fun. That was a cool game. Um, I didn't get a chance to, I got a chance to play video ball before, but I was a little bit sad that it wasn't on the showcase. Cause I think that that was, that would have been a dope game to kind of play, uh, on stream, even though people have seen it. And the one that you were talking about, the match three was called Tumblestone. So, Tumblestone, so okay. that was, that yeah. was that one where I, where I got my ass kicked by the developer, like amazingly bad. He was just yeah. busting everybody's ass and then like chilling. He was like, he, he was like the most calm getting your ass beat. I've ever seen in my life. Nice. So it was great. <laughs> Man, I actually I actually really enjoyed this one game at the mix as well. Uh, Tooth and Tail, 
Um, yes. It's like a, basically a a version of a RTS. Well, like kind of kind of more of a MOBA with um, garden animals. But it's it's right. like made for a console. I actually found like the controls to be fairly intuitive. Um, and it's literally, you know, it's like a mini version of StarCraft that you can learn in like maybe five or or like or like ten minutes. Very impressive feat. A lot of right. people have like tried it, and it's tough to do. But I feel like they, yeah. uh, Pocket Watch Games pulled pulled it off. So pretty dope. Yeah, that was my yeah. first RTS I've ever played yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah, and, and it showed. You know what? <laughs> anyway, wow. so we had so we had a lot of fun with that. I hate you so much right now. I hate you so much. Um, but kind of, kind of wrapping back up into into GDC real quick. Fucking first Coke Zero now. This shit. Um, the thing I love about GDC is you get to come into contact with people that one you that you that you've seen before and kind of you get to reconnect with. So you know we saw we saw Lisa Brown, which is fucking amazing. Oh damn it, I miss oh. Lisa. I love Lisa Brown. Uh, so I got to see Lisa Brown. Uh, I, I ran into Jeff Kanata, who's awesome again. He's always dope. Uh, and, and ran into a whole bunch of people. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you go any further, congratulations, Jeff Kanata. Yes. Who is yes, expecting? Congrats. Yes. Yes. Congrats, yes. Jeff. Congrats on the bundle Jeff. of jewels. That team, team yes. dad for Jeff Kanata on the reels. So that's awesome. Shout out to you, Jeff. Yes. Um, and uh, got to see Simply Andrea again, who's fucking amazing. She's and wonderful. And we got to meet some new people. So the cool thing is like you also do get to we get to see people who we've had on the show. So we right. I got to meet Laura Hudson. We both got to meet Laura Hudson, who's amazing. Oh, nice. Uh, I got to meet Jen Frank, who we have not had on the show yet, but she's fucking amazing. Um, right. Got to hang out with uh, Josh Parker. I got to hang out with, with the whole crew, whole crew from Boss Key. Which was awesome. Oh, awesome. So, like, awesome. got to hang out with Rohan, got to hang out with, with Josh Parker, who, if you are playing the division and you are in cover right now, thank Josh Parker because he made that. Hmm. So, so thank, thank Josh Parker. And then the kind of highlight of that was getting to hang out with Tramel. Right. So, Tramel, Tramel and I went to breakfast at 8 o'clock in the morning. I still I can't believe you made that meeting. I was very surprised. It was, it was Tramel. So, I, I wasn't going to turn down Tramel at 8 o'clock in the morning and be like, yo, bruh. I feel early. like he would have knocked on our door <laughs> in the hotel. He'd be like, right. what? Yeah, he, he. You know you're supposed to be up, right? <laughs> Why aren't you up? Black right. people, man. Always not up. Always not up. What are you doing? <laughs> so got to hang out with Jamel and just build for a little bit. And then uh, a gentleman from NVIDIA came over and hung out with us. And we had a really good talk about kind of, you know, how how art school isn't necessarily fulfilling its job by making good artists, which was a fun conversation to have uh, with people who are like specifically in the field and especially Tramel, who's at the top of that field. Um, right. But we had a great conversation about uh, physics based rendering, which I have no fucking clue what physics based rendering is. I can only glean from it what the actual words are and try to piece something together. <laughs> but the beauty of it was he he hit me with this random fact that was so dope where he was like, you know, like the the ends of the spectrum, like super white and super black, like pure snow is super white and it has a, a numerical value. Uh, coal is like the, the darkest black that you can have and that has a numerical value. He said, right. but the numerical value for, for African, African-American or African pe- or people is 0.42. Oh, and and that shit made me laugh so hard. Which is the meaning of life and everything. Yes, that's what I've heard. 42. Someone else told me that. I was 42. like, 
Yeah. So I was like, we are the Alpha and Omega. It was like the X-Clan moment. Right, of, right. Of, well, of GDC. Th- th- there you go, people. Uh, we are the meaning of the life, the universe, and everything. Are you, gonna, so are, says, are you just so, going to scream boom by yay after that? Right. So says Douglas Adams. <laughs> so... But it was it was fucking phenomenal to go hang out with 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 such dope people, man. Like again, like what Reeve was talking about as far as people having a love fest, it was totally that. You know, like you run up on people and you get to see them and they're having these conversations about what they do, and they're super passionate. Um, got to finally meet Tanya, Tanya the Pass, which is great. Oh, that's right. You've never met Tanya. I never met Tanya, so getting to hang out with Tanya was great. <laughs> uh, met some fans of the show. Shout out to Forrest. Shout out to Josh, uh, uh, Josh Boykins, who was on, on our previous episode, uh, who I met out here in Portland and then met him there at GDC again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were so many great people. Alan Dang again, who we had a great conversation on the floor about how depressing the, the, the New Yorkness was of the division. <laughs> we talked about like so many things that he was like, yeah, you know, I'm shooting people by my old office in the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's crazy. It's just like a lot of stuff in there. Um, so it was a lot of fun. And, you know, GDC, you know, Meg, uh, Megan, who I forget her, no, Shavo, I believe it is, who runs, who runs GDC. Bravo to you. Uh, it was a wonderful, amazing show again this year. Um, and, um, you know, you guys put on a really great, 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 great conference. So. Yep. Yeah, I I yep. definitely look forward to attending in the future. Um, and yeah, you you get that great sense of like, you know, like a, what I'm doing is towards something positive. And I don't think a lot of people can say that about projects that they work on, you know. And yeah, I'm, yeah, I feel really good about it. Yeah, a lot of folks, a lot of folks came up to us and said, oh, came up to me and or Reef and was like, you know, we've heard about the show. What you guys are doing is awesome. Um, and really quick, I just want to run down two really dope games that I got to play besides the VR stuff. Raw data was great on the VR side. I finally got a chance to be, uh, in a Vive, uh, and that was cool. Uh, I had my first vertigo experience in VR, uh, with, I played a game called, uh, Everest where you're climbing up the side of a oh, mountain. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I have, I have fear of heights. I have a real fear of the heights. Engine, so that's, yeah. it was the Crytek yeah. engine one. I think, I believe. Uh, and I had a real sense of vertigo and almost freaked out and I was sweating like a runaway slave <clears> in, the, in the booth. I came out and I was like, I feel so sorry that you have to wipe this this, this vibe down <laughs> after I was in it. And she was like, it's fine. You're cool. Spreading the con flu right there. Patience Shut up. It doesn't come out of your hair. It doesn't come out your face. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, the Star Wars ILM uh, thing that they had that everyone was talking about uh, was great. Uh, where you kind of, you go into the uh, Tatooine and you're and you're blocking uh, laser laser bullets from stormtroopers, which felt really good because you could see it kind of move around past your head. Um, uh, the thing that we saw that was the kind of most impressive thing was in the uh, epic uh, was in the epic uh, Key- con- keynote, conference keynote. in the keynote where they basically showed a part of Hellblade, which is a new game that deals with um, um, uh, mental, I'm not gonna. It's not mental disorders. It's not. It's not mental disorders. It's like um, it's not mental disorders at all. No, is it? Is it? I forget. It's not. I forgot what they're what they're trying to do with that. But it was. Uh, they're trying to kind of show the emotional side of the character, uh, and they showed it big on screen with the character kind of emoting. And then they opened this curtain on the left-hand side of the stage, and they had the person who was doing the facial mocap do it live in front of everybody. And the voice, too. Nice. And the voice, too. That shit was the most phenomenal, impressive thing I've seen in forever. Yeah, it was. Like, you see that stuff on... 
Yeah, it, it was very little, almost non-noticeable lag time between her face changing and the character's face and voice changing. It was really? it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. So that was the most impressive thing I saw. And the two uh, most fun things I got to actually play were kind of non-video games, but they were awesome. One was called Threadsteading. So it was like Catan, but played on a sewing machine, which was dope. What? It was the uh, dopest you, thing on like, the planet. You said English words. I said them and I put them together in a sentence. And you <laughs> right. And that, that sentence has never existed before you <laughs> just said it right It's now. the dopest thing on the planet. And it was so fun because it was so analog. So they had this section that was like these different kinds of ways of controlling games that weren't really, uh, you know, video game controllers or things like that. So they had an Arduino put inside of a sewing machine that had basically like a hexagon on it with lights. And you best you push a button that would move the, the thread and the needle up in a hexagon kind of in, in, a, in a direction that would be left, right, up or down. And you would try to go through the board and pick up resources. They each had a, a kind of energy and a level. And then whoever got the most boxes would win. So if you cross over someone else's, it would erase, a, it would erase a point and you play it with two people on the sewing machine. It was yeah, fucking dope. Awesome. And then whoever wins gets to keep the piece of art that was, uh, they get to keep the board, which was so dope. Huh. Uh, check out Jessica uh, Condit's uh, piece on Engadget. They did she she did like a roundup of some of that stuff. So check that out. Um, and also, there was a game called Disc Jockey Jockey, which was so dope. <laughs> so Disc Jockey Jockey, as a person who uh, used to run a radio show uh, back in college, spoke to me in so many different ways. So you're on this iPad and you have this uh, this um, USB controller that has basically uh, levels as, as if it was on a mixer. And your job is to basically keep it so that you don't have any dead air. But the VO, but the VO was so good because it had this mix of both like pretty good music and also really good uh, kind of airway talking, like uh, people talking on air as if they were in a radio station. You have to basically switch channels and switch radio stations and mix it in at the right time so that you don't have dead air. That shit was so dope. It was so dope. So. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that we're going to, this, this is going to have a lot of show notes cause there's a yeah. lot of stuff that we did, that we didn't get to talk oh, about, thanks. uh, that we didn't get to chat about, but GDC 2016 was fucking dope and it was so much fun. Uh, so again, thank you to everyone that we got to meet and to hang out with. Um, and unless anybody has anything else to say, we're going to jump into our ad break really quick. Anybody got anything else? Just sh- shout out to the Cess. Thanks oh for my hanging God, out with yes. us. Thanks for hanging out yes. with us. Uh, you know, and just, Showing us a really dope uh, lunch spot that somehow was near the conference but didn't have a lot of people in it. So we actually were able to eat fast and it was great food and great conversation. So sh- shout out to I the Adam so Sessler. Much. Love the man. Love you, Sess. Love you, man. Uh, so with that said, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Well, all right. It's your boy, Dino Red, coming at you from the Shiznit Show. And I'm here to invite you to come through and check us out. If you've never listened to The Shiznit Show, then you're in for a treat. We talk about everything, and I mean everything from race, politics, religion, pop culture, celebrity gossip, relationship advice, sex. That's right, sex. Everything. And with a whole lot of craziness and funniness thrown in, come by. Tell them Khalif Adams sent you. 
We can be found on Stitcher and iTunes, as well as a host of other podcasting sites. But don't look for us under the Shiznit Show. Look for us under the Red Rock Podcast Network. Holla at your boy. You're listening to Spawn on Me on ESN.FM. Welcome back, everybody. This is again episode 103 of the Spawn of Me podcast. This is your host, Khalif Adams. I'm joined with Sharif Jackson and Cicero Holmes. Um, so there were a couple of things that we wanted to hit before we get up out of here for this episode. There was some big news that got dropped during GDC as well. Uh, everyone has been talking about VR and everyone has been worrying about what the price was going to be for PlayStation VR. And that totally got dropped mid-show, like, bam, what you going to do? <laughs> and and I'm not gonna give Stubby Stan too many props because he called the price. He called and I know I can see him smiling from here in his big old Cheshire cat mother effing <laughs> face. And he's raising his hands like he just as it did freaking Bumbaye and freaking yeah. Ali. I'm like I'm like Buckwheat. Okay. Oh okay. so yes. the price the price tag that we were hoping for, three ninety nine, was the price that it got announced for. Um, which definitely makes them the the kind of front runner, I would say, at least in my mind, for getting a VR set in everyone's home yes. faster than everybody Absolutely. else. Um, but I want to go around the table real quick and, and, and get the sentiment of what you guys think about what the price was and how that kind of affects the the kind of uh, ecosystem right now. So, see you start us off. Um, first off, uh, Shuhei, you're welcome for that you price can. point. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think I like the, the price point. I, you know, obviously I thought that that's where it was going to be. And, and, uh, I don't know if Reef is going to talk about the, the level of quality between, uh, the Rift, the Vive and, and the PSVR. Um, but while I'm excited for it, I'm excited for VR in general. I'll be getting a gear VR very, very soon. Um, I am this was expected. I'm I'm lukewarm about PlayStation VR. The I mean, you know, the other thing that that we do need to talk about is the fact that people will need a camera. Um and I and I just want to take a second to say that Sony decided you know, the reason that they were able to come in at the 399 price point is because they removed the camera from their from the packaging for the PlayStation 4 when it launched. Had they put the camera in there, then they wouldn't have fragmented, excuse me, they wouldn't have fragmented the the uh, consumer base the way that they are right now with PSVR. If, because, you know, the, the PlayStation VR in the, in the package will just come with the headset, but you still need to buy the camera, you need to buy Move controllers if you want to use Move controllers and have you don't something have to, buy the to simulate your... You don't have to buy the, but if you want to have them simulate your hands, it's still optional though. Um, yeah, can, it's still you can use the DualShock yeah. for that. It's not right, like the yeah. camera. So, so, is, but, is what I'm to say. Right, but the camera is the camera is a necessity. Had they had they stuck with their guns and maybe come in at a four hundred and fifty dollar price point, they're not. They would uh, would have avoided the thing that I I am now hashtag subnosticating will happen this holiday season which is people going out and buying the PlayStation VR by itself, no bundle, no anything, bringing it home, 
giving it to little Timmy to open on Christmas Day and realizing they can't do anything with it. Well, I mean, well, you know, go ahead, Reef. I know, I know you have some thoughts on that. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is going to really fall to that. I mean, I, I don't know if fragmented is really fair to what this is. I mean, I don't think this is going to be kind of one of those things, honestly, that like parents are going to be buying for their kids. Um, I, because of the price point? Because of the price point and the fact that I don't think VR, um, I'll have to look at the details, but it might even have a age uh, range on it. Um, oh, because of yeah, the Yeah, and like, I don't sure. I don't know. This, this still seems like something that like I feel like is more geared toward the young adult to adult uh, market, which is huge, you know? Um, right. So I don't see that being but, as and, big of a problem as I usually do when they don't pack in everything i do think sacrificing this stuff was better to get that that price point uh because i do think that you know given that you know i mean i'm speculating that they're targeting that market but given that i feel like those people will not either have a camera already or will take the time before it comes out to spend the 50 dollars to get it if if they know about it how many times does that happen though that you know cuz even even if the parent is the game player we've got a you, we've we've we're taking the assumption that that parent is informed that the the game player is an informed consumer and they know about PlayStation VR but you know if the marketing comes back and the marketing is like PlayStation VR and then the little asterisk on the, on the bottom camera not included. That's what this, this is um, going to do. <laughs> right. Who's going to read who's reading the disclaimer? Well, I don't know. Who's, well, here's the thing though is it I it would be different if there weren't multiple SKUs. So it's like it's not like the initial bundle that's going to go out that has the move controllers and the and the camera is going to go away once the the one that's supposed to be dropping this week uh, the one that doesn't have it comes out. They're going to have both SKUs for people who are like, I have a camera already like myself right? right. and the people who have none of the stuff and they'll be able to get either or it'll be just at a higher price point. And those people who are making that purchase are already understanding what they're going to get. It's, I, I think it's less about the price point right now. I mean, the price point is important about getting people in the door, but I feel like in the conversation about the bigger ecosystem of like the, the competition Getting this in as many hands when you have a thirty-four million thirty-four million player base is right. the important part. Because even if they don't get the people who forgot about the camera, once someone that they know plays it and they show it to them, they'll understand, and then they'll get then they'll get in. Yeah, and uh, also just from looking at the links, the pre-order links off their website, because obviously you can't, you know, it's all sold out at this point, but. Everything that they're showing is kind of like a Wii situation where everything that's available now is a bundle with a camera and two more controllers for 500 bucks. Right. You know, so so it's possible. I mean, I I I see where you're coming from and I normally agree. I guess I do think that this is not targeted to everyone. I do think this is targeted to a subset of the Sony audience. And if so, if I can play, um, you know, other advocate right now, my statements 
aren't geared towards the early adopter. They're not geared towards the people that are pre-ordering right now. And 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 quite frankly, uh, the people that are pre-ordering right now, I I would assume that or I would presume that many of them already have oh, cameras. Absolutely. Or, you know, yeah, absolutely. That's because that's because these are these are people that are plugged in. They know what it is. They've gotten all the the peripherals beforehand, and now they're going to wind up with a second one. Um, and you know, for, for me, I've already got a PlayStation camera, and so I'm like, eh, I don't, you know, I want the Move controllers so I can do do the VR stuff, but I don't need a second camera. What the hell am I going to do with it? Um, I mean, that's why I'm waiting. I'm waiting but, for the other bundle to drop. But, right, but this is, you know, my comments are not about the the early adopters. My comments are about the people that are going to the store Black Friday or African American Friday. My bad, um, and getting. The uh, the green polio virus or whatever it is from the division um, when they come home and die and right before they die, (laughs) before they die, they will be upset at the fact that they can't use their PSVR because they don't have a camera because all they did was go there and buy the thing. Well, here's the here's the thing, though. I and and, and I I understand, again, what you're trying where where you're going on that on that that route i think the thing that people have to worry less about is getting a camera i think the thing that people have to worry about more if you're in that ecosystem you're trying to get in is finding move controllers that's going to be the thing that's going to drive people mad is trying to find move controllers last minute once that whole thing pops off real hard during the during the holiday season and I don't want to say this out loud because I want to get mine before everybody else does. But get your boob controllers now before yeah. all that stuff pops yes, off sir. because it's going to be madness still, trying to find boob controllers. I still again. feel like most people are going to use the controller, though. Like I really do. Um, but I think they are. I think they are. But they're going to. I, I do. As much as folks have uh, talked about the fact you don't need it, I think that it it doesn't. It doesn't have the same kind of tactile feel. Like I tried to play Surgeon Sim- Simulator with a just the DualShock, and it doesn't feel the same. No. You know what I mean? It just doesn't have that same kind of like analog. You know what your hand is supposed to do. Oh, oh yeah. You're not you're not, gri- you're not gripping your controller like a battering. I definitely agree. No, I agree that the move controllers are the better experience. Um, but I do think specifically for PSVR, because I think the opposite for Oculus and Vive, but specifically for PSVR, I think it's kind of a stepping stone to VR for a lot of people. Sure. I don't know Agreed. if they'll be able to handle right. just completely getting rid of the controller and having something new on their face and doing right. motion. So I think right. th- that's more Agreed. like I'm going to switch. Like the visuals still hold something that I'm comfortable with um, and then kind of, you know, and then go from there. Yeah, yeah. We, so we really haven't touched on this. Uh, Reef, you were the only person here who has played... Uh, actually, all four versions of of VR that'll be available this year: yeah. uh, the Gear VR, yes. I think uh, the PS VR, yeah. the Rift. He doesn't and, care about me. No, I don't care about him. The Rift and the Vive. Um, so, so if you had to list them in order, what what would you believe? In order uh, of what? In order of. Uh, Best experience to least impressive experience. Okay, well, well, the be- well that that's pretty simple to me. That's um, that's um, Oculus, Vive, PSVR, and Gear VR. But that's okay. almost that's so it, 
I mean, best experience is almost going to equate to price for VR at this point for me. Right. Right. So, so you're saying uh, the Rift and the Vive are, are pretty much even. It's like one and one. I think eight. so. Um, now, if you're talking about value, I think value, it changes sure. a little more. Cause I think the Gear VR actually goes not to the top, but pretty close. The Gear VR okay. is really, really impressive considering it's 100 bucks and on a phone. Um, I mm. was really impressed by how immersive that is. And I think that the PSVR is probably the best value out of, out of them all, though, because it's really, really, really good. Um, it's not as good, obviously, as something that requires a supercomputer, um, you know, and a $700 headset. Um, but right. it's really, really good. Um, you know, and then and then the Oculus and Vive would uh, go at the bottom. It's interesting too that you say that because I've had like I've had experiences on at least the three. I haven't had I had I didn't really mess with Gear VR yet, but out of the three that I've actually got the chance to play with, I really want to see when PSVR has its killer app because the demos that I've gotten to play with on the Oculus, I've been on the Oculus uh, DK two, and then whatever the Vive was on at P, uh, uh, GDC, the, I guess the consumer yeah. version of it. Yeah, it's pretty much a consumer it, version. It, uh, I wasn't as impressed maybe with the way that the Vive felt when I was doing what I was doing. And maybe that's because my face is wrong. Because every time I put the Ocul- I mean the, the, the VR headsets on, the only one that's kind of fit well on my face where I didn't have to adjust it too much and kind of like peek down to kind of like get it to be super focused was the PlayStation VR. It's interesting in that way. Like I've adjusted mm-hmm. them all on my faces as much as I possibly can. And it always feels a little bit off when I've used the Oculus or the the Vive. So it, it's it's a weird kind of, you know, this is probably just cause face is broken. But I always felt like the PSVR headset was really comfortable. But the stuff that they showed, and I didn't get a chance to play Rigs, which I think is probably the most advanced version of a game that I've seen so far on PSVR. People kind of talk about the, the, the lower end. It's the lower end version of VR. I think it's just another version of like the hardware, not the hardware, the software that you get with the games or with the hardware itself needs to be really dope. Like the the demos are like fully fleshed out, real hard experiences on on the other two as opposed to PlayStation VR. I'm waiting to see them do like another kind of experience that has like the highest graphical fidelity that you can put on that on that platform before I tell it that it's not going to be. Well, well, I mean, I did play the until dawn. Um, I forgot what it's called, Rush of Blood, I think, um, on PS4, mm-hmm. which I think is intended to be that. Um, I mean, lower end is kind of, I think, uh, not servicing it well, but it is lower end. That's not me, that's I, not I mean, me I, saying I, that. That's what Yeah, but I mean, saying. it is lower end compared to Oculus and the Vive, but the Vive are not the middle. They're the high end. Right. So it's more right, of right, that, right. you know, lower end to high end is more like it's in the middle, you know? Um, you right, know, right, it, right. It's, yeah, yeah, I think that it's, it's like not cheap, even though I I do hate the look of the PSVR. Though I I do think it looks dumb, the, the like actual really? headset. Yeah, man. It. I mean, it, I think they all. It basically look dumb. looks. It really? looks exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, it looks exactly like the stupid playroom. Uh, the uh, little uh, guys in the uh, playroom. It looks right. exactly like that. Right. I think it looks. Well, I think I, it, I think that's. I think purpose. it physically looks stupid. Um, but, <laughs> but I will say one. Um, very uh interesting point that i didn't think that i would um come to while, while i was playing the uh the uh, playroom version 
of VR was I felt like it was I was playing a launch Wii U game, and that's not in a bad way. Um, they're right. really pushing the same kind of asynchronous multiplayer where like one person is like having one screen experience and then the other people are like either like helping them out or they're playing against them. They're doing the exact same stuff that the Wii U did with like Nintendo Land and these early games, which I think is like pretty brilliant. Um, they, they, they talked about that specifically during one of the panels oh yeah? that, that, that I was in. And they talked about how that, and I'm trying to get that dude on on the show. They talked about how that is so important to the experience so that people don't feel left out in the home and how they want to build upon that as being a very tangible thing that people want to be doing while they're watching someone in the room play VR. And they do, and they're doing it with like very small uh, kinds of ways to do it, of like having the person in VR have uh, have basically like screens in the world that show you and your head movements and things like that while you're actually playing the game, so that other people feel and you feel like you're connected at the same time, which I thought was super smart, nice. really, really nice. interesting stuff that they brought up. Yeah, I, nice. I thought it was re- really successful. Now the jury will be out if like. PSVR will get slammed for quote unquote like mini games, you know, and like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I really enjoyed the uh, time that like I had with uh, with with the Playroom VR. I thought it was pretty dope. A couple of quick things from that panel uh, also that are kind of important and people talked about a lot, and they wanted people to kind of re- uh, re- relay this was the little box that you get with the PlayStation VR is not a processor. It is not an extra processor. It's called the PU, which I think is terrible. <laughs> It stinks. Yeah. <laughs> they call it. So it's, so the weird thing is this. So they call it the PU, right? And I, and I don't know if that's just the, the tag for it or whatever. But it's the worst thing that you can call something you don't want to call a processing unit when you call it the PU. Anyway, because it, it looks like a little mini uh, PS4 and it's it's just basically a, go, uh, a, a pass through for the HDMI signal to kind of go to your TV, right? So that's oh, one thing. Okay. Okay. Two, they talked about some things you can do on the software side where basically like you can reset yourself in the world by hitting the like hitting or holding down the PlayStation uh, button. Uh, and also, if you I think if there's a function as well where you can basically uh, look at the live camera view of yourself in your room so you don't bump into shit, which I thought was really, really interesting and smart. Vive does that, too. Vive does that, too. Okay, yeah. that's awesome because that's really smart. I think that's the thing that people are going to be talking about. And also, really lastly, uh, the fun thing they, they talked about was for developers was basically giving them the tools when they're making their games to basically do all the things you're not supposed to do in VR that would make a person sick or nauseous and and put it in the software so you can test out your game while you do it, oh. while you're making your game, which I thought was really yeah, smart. smart. And they have like this kind of – go ahead. No, I would oh, I I just say that that is smart. Yeah, and they have this kind of like pre-certification thing that they're trying to do so that you can basically send your game to them and say, is this ready for VR? And then they'll kind of give you like the checklist of like, nah, you didn't hit this mark. Your, your frames per second aren't right. This might this might mess people up as a way to kind of get developers in the space uh, before, before their game goes live and goes to cert, which I thought was really dope. So mm. a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, All right. So before we take up uh, and boogie up out of here with our last story, you want to jump into that, C? Uh, yeah, well, um, I think uh, the about a month ago, there was a Xbox Spring Showcase um, 
hosted by Microsoft, and they talked all things Xbox and uh, and Windows gaming, and basically said that uh, Windows gaming is going to be a platform. Phil Spencer uh, was talking about how the Xbox platform and Windows gaming are basically synonymous. You've kind of heard how that's going to work. The first the first game to really experience that will be Quantum Break, where you can. Uh, pre-order the game, uh, the digital version of the game on the Xbox One, and you get the Windows 10 version of the game for free. Um, the other thing that they wanted to talk about, which has kind of set the internet and the uh, the internet and the gaming world on fire, is the fact that uh, the Xbox or Xbox Live wants to be able to play with quote other platforms. Read Sony. Uh, for certain games, the first of which being Rocket League, which uh, released finally on uh, the Xbox One in February. And uh, there is cross-platform play on the PlayStation side with the PC. And there is, I believe, cross-platform play with the Xbox One and the PC for Rocket League. And now if we could get the PlayStation and the Xbox to play together, uh, both Xbox Live and PSN, that would be great. Um, Sony has come back and said something to along the lines of, well, we've already been doing uh, cross-platform play for years. And uh, they were, you know, they uh, like there were some games in the PS2 era that that. Uh, had some cross-platform play, and then, of course, Street Fighter V and, and you know, the aforementioned Rocket League already have cross-platform play, and they said basically that they'll, they were going to figure out whether or not it makes business sense. There is a little bit of difficulty there from the corporate side, so we will see, which basically usually when your mom says we'll see, that usually means no. <laughs> um, so... Uh, you know, obviously, the, the everyone thinks this is this is a great thing that they would love to see happen. Um, but of course, we have our resident naysayer in the form of Kamudgeon. So I will send it over to Kamudgeon <laughs> and tell me why. So you tell me why this is a bad thing for gamers. Your mother. That's what I'm going to say. Um, I actually am not a commudgeon on this. I think this is one of the best ideas that has come out of this generation so far. I was hoping for it. This is the Dennis Dyack one, one console future that we were hoping for in some ways. Um, I think it's one of those uh, sentiments where I really hope that publishers and other consoles and other uh, companies jump on board because... I miss my Xbox One Xbox One friends. I miss my Xbox Live friends because I can't play anything on my goddamn Xbox One for multiple reasons. So it's like I would love to be able to kind of jump into other games, especially stuff that I've been playing with them for a long time, like shooters and all that kind of stuff. So right. I think this would be great. I just want people to jump on it. I don't want people to kind of like jump back into their holes. And it would kind of it's weird because the whole like actual console war stuff that people have in their brains that's not real could be real, but in maybe really kind of cool competitive ways instead of the right. shitty fanboy ways. Yeah. And I think that that would be kind of cool. Like it would, be, would be dope be. to like see, in what ways? you know, like I think, you, I think there are so many possibilities that you can jump into that and say, you know, um, kind of like if you've played the Mortal Kombat X 
where everyone has a faction, right? Yeah. And then every faction goes against the other faction to kind of get to the top for that week. Imagine the Xbox faction versus the PlayStation faction in the, in a game oh, uh, that's multiplayer, and then you'd have right. that kind of stuff that would right. be like a legitimate console war. Yeah, hmm. like that, that would be that would be, that would be, be awesome. pretty dope. Good. Like that would hmm. be that would be pretty fun. Like I think that that would be a, a cool thing to to build uh, gaming sentiment in in an actual way, as opposed to the kind of shitty consumerist ways that it's been doing it. So yeah, I, I yeah. so I'm not caught much on this. I still. Oh, okay. I'm a bit reef mudging on it. Um, oh wow! <laughs> wow, I went to the wrong person. Not because I disagree with the sentiment behind it, but because I can't see it practically working out business wise. Um, I can't see a development um, industry that we have now, where you know um, there's huge payments made for console exclusives for for uh time dlc like the publishers have their hand like the the publishers and the console manufacturers have their hands in the development of some of these games and i kind of can't see them like saying all right um you know if you have you know say one console or like even if like you have both consoles i can't see them not wanting to sell both of those copies you know Oh, but but the, I mean, but that's the point. The point is, oh, you're saying po- no, no, so- no, no, no. I I think that oh, the okay. the um, result of this is that you would just buy one copy and just play right. over all of your communities, right. um, which right. I think is great consumer wise. I mean, I like that. Right. Um, but right. I think that if the if the companies are seeing that they're this means that they're going to sell less games plus. Plus, they're going to spend more money making sure all the infrastructure, networking, and all that works. Um, I, I, I would be, I, I would be surprised if this becomes like a universal thing. Well, I well, think, well go ahead, go ahead. I, I was go just ahead. going to say, like, there was a part of that conversation where they were like, "Well, you'll have the option to do it right. in the same way that you're like." I'm playing Paragon right now, so like, the option is I can play with PS4 people or. Or uh, a mix of both PS, PC and PS4. So you can turn that switch off inside the game and say, I only right. want to play with people in my ecosystem. I don't want to play but, with PS4 people. But what Reef's saying is that the, the developers on the development side, they would still have to factor yeah, all of that we, stuff in. Yeah, they know? still ha- and that's, have that's to take extra, that in, extra into account with balancing and, right. and all that stuff. Right, right. right. And, now, and, that's, and that's where I think... I think you know people just kind of heard it and just thought about uh, thought about it as a blanket statement. I don't think that it's it's a blanket statement. You know, it's a a blanket use case at all. Um, so you know, it, this is this is going to be if it actually happens. This is going to be very very limited in terms of the amount of games that that are going to, going to use it. Um, Rocket League is a perfect game. This is a game where. There is no advantage, um, you know. The the platform, you know, is basically the 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 gameplay is platform agnostic. Yes. You play it exactly I the agree. same way, irrespective the irrespective of what platform you play it on. I've heard people talk about uh, the division as another game where this could happen, but it's not. The division yeah. is not one of those games Any because on not. the PC, <laughs> well, well, on the on the PC side. Um, because, it, you, you know, on the on the PC side, it's just graphically the game is just so much more advanced that I think it would be difficult to it would be a difficult sell 
even though if it's optional, it's a difficult sell to get a PC player to to roll down from 60 frames a second to just just to 30 frames a second. Not not, you know, let's not even talk about, the you know, the graphic, the graphical drop that you're going to get. I mean, they're fundamentally playing it. Oh, a, I, mean, a I don't know if that's the issue, though. I mean, like you can play like like you can definitely play a 60 versus a 30 frames. I don't think that would be like an issue. I think the issue is more. You know the whole mouse mouse, mouse versus uh, that, and right. and the issue um, is um, you know I believe that you know most console games have like you know like like slightly more aim assist and like those kind of things right. and like right. target locking and that kind of stuff. So there right. there is stuff that yeah. companies have to figure out to make this happen for specific. Well, I I would argue for the majority of competitive. Uh, games um so i don't know I'm, i i want it to happen i, I just kind of have my the business side of me is just kind of beat right i i just i just right think now. right I, I think that uh that games like games like rocket league i could see it happening in destiny which isn't you know currently is not on pc oh uh, i wish it was um, so bad right but but those games are games that are, you know, this this MMO style or, you know, competitive games in this in this way, but again, um are essentially uh platform, you know, platform agnostic uh with regards to how the game is played. Uh so I would love to be able to see that. And then, you know, and then there's some some really simple games like I, you know, I look back to uh, some some really fun experiences that I had on the 360 uh, playing hardwood spades. Um, I would love to be able to just sit down and play spades on on the Xbox and shoot the shit with somebody playing on the PlayStation 4. Yeah, I mean, there's no cool. reason that we shouldn't be able to. I agree with that. Yeah, I, this is the this is one of those times where I think this would be the the perfect. Um, time for Phil Spencer or Chris Charla, who was the person who announced it during GDC right. to do one of those uh, major Nelson moments and get out in front of it and say, here's an example of what this looks like in the real world. Mm. And that would be cool. Cause I think a yeah. lot of us are doing a lot of speculation on what it could actually right. look like, but until we see it in real practice and, and actually doing something, we're all going to just be still kind of heads in the clouds about how this is actually going to work in some real ways, which I would love to see. Right. Um, well, really kind of Cy- the developer of uh, rocket league said they're, they're ready to go. All they need is Sony to say, let's do it. Right. Right. So we'll see. Change.org. Right. Make it happen. Right. Right. Um, exactly. Um, <laughs> before we go, we've got one last story. All right. Make it quick. Ha ha ha. Um, uh, Reef, you want to? Yes. You want to knock yep. this one out? So there's tons and tons of rumors um, that Nintendo will stop manufacturing uh, the Wii U at the end of this year. Um, at now, N- Nintendo has not formally announced their next console, the NX, yet. They. They've like said that it's in the pipeline, but you know, obviously, every company always has their next system in the pipeline. Um, but a lot of um, you know of uh, news and journalists are kind of taking this and like running with it, um, and and like saying, well, they haven't really announced like the NX yet, but it's going to come out in 2016. Um, I personally find it very hard to believe that they would launch, they would announce, formally announce a console and launch it in the same year. 
Um, if so, I think that would be a disaster of almost like Sega Saturn type proportions. Um, especially if I, they have any hope of making sure that they have a good development pipeline um, on that. <clears throat> um, and I think that, you know, if, if they do want to remedy one of the main things that hurt, you know, like the Wii U and really made it like a failure from a business standpoint is to make sure that you have stuff in the pipeline like at the beginning. Even if that stuff is three, four years down the line, like you really need like a roadmap. So, um, you know, all those rumors are there, but, you know, my sort of thought is that, um, you know, they'll announce it this year at like E3. It'll come out in 2017, um, and they will still be making Wii U's because, like, games like uh, the upcoming Zelda games, people will still buy Wii U's to play that game. Um, so, yeah, if but, you know, if it does happen, um, really a sad end. I mean, definitely, you know, one of the biggest console failures, I think, of modern well, not modern, like, post-video game crash era, but, like, definitely, you know, modern since, I think, since uh, since it's been a uh, three-person race, definitely the biggest console failure uh, by, a, by a long shot. Um, and it's a shame because, you know, as, as you heard in, you know, in the Game of the Year stuff from, from, from this year and last year, um, it definitely has, you know, my favorite games of the generation have been on that console but you know it's really been held back by a variety of things from bad marketing to nintendo really not understanding the gamepad uh, until too late um and uh you know and uh and uh really not realizing that with the dwindling of third-party support from from the wii era that they really needed to double down on some of their main franchises um and not kind of kind of like deliver these like great games sort of after the fate of the console has been decided because like you, you know like everybody loved like the reviews on, on like splatoon and on mario maker and they really were like wow this is a really great use of the gamepad and this looks good and it's fun but but like that was way after sort of the uh console's fate has kind of already already been decided um so yeah pretty sad um, but I really hope that they don't rush out the N N NX because I feel like it's really going to, they're probably going to be in the same situation as they were with the Wii U. So, um, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there and, uh, you know, uh, give a, a bro hug to my fellow uh, Nintendo fan, Ka, um, you know, and uh, let, let, let him cry on my shoulder. Um, right, yeah, and fans. It's it's gonna be all right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. This has been so, episode one of the three of the So, hashtag stubnostications. You guys ready for it? Mark it down. Here it goes. All right. Nintendo NX announced at E3, released holiday 2016, wow. with Zelda, and another major franchise maybe uh that terrible star fox game that they had to go back to the well, drawing board and, and build month. up oh well you know then <laughs> that not was a really good substance right. yeah. Yeah, yeah that was so, a yeah. great right. it's ready for it's ready for, it's ready for the nx um yeah NX so comes out next two month. major franchise two major franchises um we're gonna get the zelda game 
as the launch franchise, this is going to be the game that that proves the worth of the system, but it will also be available for the Wii U. Um, but the NX will come out this year. So you think that they won't stop the manufacturing of the Wii U then? I think they will. I think they will. But they'll still I, release I think Zelda that they've made enough of them. And they're, I mean, people aren't buying them. So, you know, what the hell? Why Why keep making them? Right. Cool. Fair enough. Cool. You know, they've, got, they've got enough in the warehouse. Yep. And as my mama said, if you have nothing good to say, you just don't say anything at all. <laughs> Shoot. So in that respect, uh, we're going to get up out of here. This is episode 103 of the Swallow Me podcast. Man, it's been a dope one. C, can you give folks the social media business, please? Yeah, social media business is as follows. You want to follow the show, uh, you go to Twitter and you go at uh, Spawn on Me. And uh, you want to follow our great captain. He is at Kaja Kins. Uh, Sharif Jackson is at Sharif Jackson. And me, the bumbler, fumbler, stumbler of words is at Stubby Stan. Um, make sure you listen to our show on iTunes or NPR One or Player FM or Earbud or your favorite podcatcher. If you're on iTunes, make sure you subscribe and tell your friends and rate and review. Even if you're not on iTunes, tell your friends about it. Um, Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash spawn on me. Go to our website, spawn on dot me. Email us, spawn on me podcast at gmail.com and leave us voicemails, speakpipe.com slash spawn on me. Word, word, word. Thank you to everyone who has been uh, supporting us on Patreon. We've gotten some, some new Patreons this month uh, as well that we'll be shouting out at the beginning of next month. Um, a quick uh, editor's note, we are no longer on Stitcher. We had to pull our show down from there uh, for multiple reasons that we will not go into on the show, but just know that it's no longer there. So if you're listening there, please try to snag us somewhere else. Um, if you're listening there, you didn't hear this. Basically. So you, <laughs> yeah, you, you might have already moved over to, to a new spot. Um, so yeah, again, we want to play with you folks on our respective communities. See on Xbox. Uh, or PlayStation because he has both Reef right. on P- uh, PS4 or PC and myself right. on uh, both consoles as well for the division uh, myself on Paragon and Reef on uh, all of us on Paragon yep. actually because we all have right. uh, keys right. and stuff for that too um, so let us know jump into our respective communities uh, find us on on those platforms and we want yeah. to play with you guys oh so yeah I'm on the PC up. also oh you're on PC too that's right you have a gaming yeah. PC now that's right yeah. true yeah. True. I don't true. have I don't have a gaming rig. I have a ga- I have a PC I can play games yeah. upon. But I don't have. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I, I was will about to say. Let's, right. Let's, let's right. Like. I so, he was rocking two titans, son. So my goal, my goal is to have an Oculus, a Rift ready PC, um, before the summer is out. But definitely before I can just go to the store and pick up a Rift. I can save you so much money. I can just do a Cat Williams punch you in the eye and you'll see virtual reality whenever you want. <laughs> no way, boo-boo. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. How can you start to all the, the new... show with bad impressions? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. It was so bad. So bad. Change.org. No more, right. no more things. So is that stand. sucker punch he threw. Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> thank you to all our new listeners. Thank you to everyone who's joined us in Chicago. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening to us every week. And we will say peace. Peace.